Good morning. I am Riley, and this is Lifestyle Tucson. There are many things to love about Tucson and Southern Arizona, and a big one for many is the food. Sonoran Restaurant Week returns September 10th through the 19th. So for today's program, I am speaking with Laura Reese, and I'm the co-founder of Sonoran Restaurant Week. Well, Laura, I like to start at the beginning. And since Tucson in Southern Arizona is just a continually growing uh, community, what is Sonoran Restaurant Week? And I'd like to hear a bit of its origin story. Yeah, absolutely. So Sonoran Restaurant Week is a 10-day celebration of Southern Arizona dining. Uh, We've got over 50 restaurants participating this year, and each restaurant is providing a special multi-course menu that they're serving during the event and that's at special discounted $25 and $35 pricing. So the public can go enjoy a favorite restaurant or maybe try something new um, at a discounted rate. So can you just explain to me a bit more of how this works? Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can go to the website, sonoranrestaurantweek.com. There we have a a list of all the different participating restaurants. Uh, You can browse that list, click on one that looks interesting to you. And then when you click on that page, you'll see an example of what their menu is that they're offering for Sonoran Restaurant Week. Uh, So you can see if that sounds good to you. And if it does, add it to your list. And uh, from there, you can kind of go and plan your list and figure out what what restaurant you'll be eating at which day, which friends you might want to meet up with. Um, And we also have a... Uh, A lot of the restaurants are offering takeout uh, options as well. So if you'd like to pick something up and bring it home, then you're welcome to do that also. So you mentioned there were 50 restaurants. Mm -hmm. What areas, I guess? Is it kind of all throughout Tucson? Oh, my gosh. It's all over town. Yeah, we've got places as uh, far west as uh, Casino del Sol. And we have places as far east as the new restaurant, uh, the Barnyard, um, which is like on Tango Verde, way, way, way far east. So uh, north, south, no matter where you are in town, I'm sure there is a participating restaurant near you. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Laura Reese, co-founder of Sonoran Restaurant Week. When was the last time uh, Sonoran Restaurant Week was held? And is there anything Mm -hmm. new you're rolling out for the 2021 return? Yeah, so we started our first year was 2019. It was a great year. Um, Our second sophomore year was 2020. So we had to make quite a few. um, We did have it last year, but it was with a few edits. Um, It was pretty much an exclusively takeout event. Um, So this year, we're excited to be safely welcoming people back into restaurants. All the restaurants are operating with CDC and health department guidelines for dining in. Um, But yeah, I would say a lot of the different things um, that we're seeing is a lot more outdoor patio dining. Um, In the last year, a lot of restaurants have added on um, new patios to their uh, restaurants. And so there's a lot more outdoor options. Um, And then also one new feature this year is the Sonoran Sip Room. So Restaurant Week, obviously the participating restaurants, great chance to taste what's delicious about Southern Arizona. And the Sip Room is going to be a pop-up bar where you will be able to sip what's delicious about Southern Arizona. 
Okay. So you said pop-up. So is this, yeah. it'll be in different locations? It'll actually be um, in one location. It's at Hotel Congress, but it is just a limited time bar. It's essentially like a consolidated tasting room. We're going to have wines from Southern Arizona wineries represented. We'll have a lot of different agave spirits represented. So you can go and you can get a flight of uh, mezcals. You can get a flight of local wines. If you want to get a single pour, you can. Um, but it's kind of a cool place to, to sip what's delicious. And we're really encouraging people to do it either before or after they go enjoy a restaurant. That was one thing I was kind of curious about because I was looking at SonoranRestaurantWeek.com because I noticed the Sonoran Sip Room. And then I also uh, noticed there's going to be a, a launch party. Yeah. So we are kicking off that Sonoran Sip Room on October. Uh, October, September 9th um, on a Thursday right before Restaurant Week starts. Um, It's a ticketed event um, and all of the proceeds uh, for those tickets are being donated to our nonprofit partner this year, which is the San Javier Co-op Farm. Uh, So those tickets give you a sneak peek inside the sip room before it opens to the public. It'll get you some sample tastings of what's available at the sip room, as well as some appetizer food options um, brought to us by the the catering department at the San Javier Farm. Kind of a preview. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And so you mentioned your nonprofit partner, San Javier Co-op Farm. Can you further explain what this partnership means and a little bit of what prompted you to select uh, San Javier Co-op Farm as your nonprofit? Yeah. So um, as your listeners might be aware, Tucson in recent years has been designated um, a city of gastronomy, uh, which has been really exciting. Um, And a lot of what gave us that designation is our heritage and history behind all of the different food and crops that have been cultivated in this region for millennia. Um, And what the San Javier Co-op Farm does, it's a farm on the Tohono O'odham Nation, and their mission is to continue the cultivation of these historic uh, crops. And so uh, it's been great to partner with them because they really represent what makes our region culinary, a culinary destination for sure. There are clearly a lot of moving parts when it comes to organizing an event like Sonoran Restaurant Week. How do you put this together? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I have an incredible team um, that has been responsible with uh, tracking down the restaurants and getting all that information. And then, of course, I can't uh, neglect to mention our incredible sponsors. Um, Visit Tucson is an incredible partner. Without their help, we definitely couldn't put this on. Desert Diamond Casino and, of course, of course, Lotus Radio Stations as well. Before I let you go, Laura, what is the best way for people who are interested in learning more about Sonoran Restaurant Week, how it works, and what participants participating restaurants will be offering www.sonoranrestaurantweek.com everything is there you can see a list of all the participating restaurants you can browse menus and you can even buy tickets to the vip event mm-hmm. and something i'm just uh, kind of curious about uh, for you as the co-founder what are you kind of looking forward to most for 2021 sonoran restaurant week I am looking forward to um, safely meeting up with a friend or two and enjoying the experience of dining out again, Um, particularly on patios. I think that we have such beautiful weather here, um, and I definitely have some friends that I haven't been able to see or dine out with in a while. And so the opportunity to safely meet up with a friend and eat outside and enjoy our restaurants and enjoy the conversation, um, I'm really excited about that. And one more thing, are you guys on social media? Yep, you can go to sonoranrestaurantweek.com or you can find us on Instagram and Facebook.
You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. That was Laura Reese, co-founder of Sonoran Restaurant Week. For the next portion of today's program, I'm going to share a conversation I recently had regarding an opportunity for kids 12 and under in our Tucson community. I'm speaking with... My name is uh, Josh Jacobson. My family is one of the three families that owns Lucky Wishbone here in town. Uh, So it's the Jacobson family, the Buzzard family, and the Morris family. So, Josh, we are here to talk about the Lucky Wishbone Community Kid. What is that? Can I give you a little bit of the Oh, totally. Definitely. Okay. So, Lucky Wishbone's been around since 1953, and Tucson has been amazing to us, and so we always look for ways to give back to Tucson. One of the programs that we've been involved with for decades has been 4-H. So every year we go to the Pima County Fair and we support the kids in 4-H by buying livestock from them. And generally it would be something like the prize swine or the grand champion lamb. And then we uh, recognize that child at the livestock auction and then all of the money that they get for that animal, they're able to use for um, educational purposes. And that that has been an extremely positive and successful opportunity for us to give back. So we started looking for ways to do it on a larger level, and we came up with the Lucky Wishbone Community Kid Program. So we've expanded from just doing 4-H to doing it community-wide. We're looking for the community to nominate amazing kids that are just doing inspirational and truly just one-of-a-kind type of things for the community or their education, or maybe these kids have um, had some sort of a a health issue they've had to overcome and they've they've persevered through it. We want to recognize these kids in Tucson, and we're doing so by taking the nominations, interviewing the kids, and then at U of A football games, we will be taking the kids onto the field and recognizing them and awarding them a $2,500 scholarship that can be used for any sort of their educational needs that they have at the moment. Is this the first year that the Community Kids has been expanded to this type of level? This is the first year the Lucky Wishbone Community Kid Program has officially launched. We had it planned for last year, but as you know, with COVID and the football season, everything got canceled. So this is the very first year. Uh, I'd like to hear a bit more about what types of exceptional kids are you looking for? Maybe an example. We have already gotten many really, really great applicants coming through, many great nominations. One thing I, I need to say is that the kids do need to be under the age of 12. And that's, that's only because of the NCAA rules of taking kids onto the football field. So just to give you an idea, we're seeing kids coming through that have done outstanding things educationally. Um, perhaps they, they have um, done projects that have been awarded. They have persevered through some sort of difficult scenario in their life and they're they're, despite many obstacles being put in front of them, they're, they're being successful. We've had some kids that have done really heroic things for the community or for family, especially during this time of COVID. There's a lot of people that, that are in need. Some of the kids 
that we've seen have have um, really given to those around them in just inspiring types of ways. So this is a way to reward the hard workers. And can you tell me a bit more about what it will be like for the U of A games, um, where they would be receiving their award and getting to experience the field? Sure. So the way that it works is is, uh, the U of A has given us four tickets for the family of the child that will be recognized. And then at some point, hopefully in the first half of the game during a timeout, we will go onto the field with the child. They will get um, they will get a basically a plaque. They'll get the the big twenty five hundred dollar check, and they will be on the field in front of potentially fifty thousand Tucsonans, and they will be recognized over the intercom for being an outstanding child and the lucky wishbone community kid. And that always feels pretty special getting to hear your name over a loudspeaker. What is the application or nomination process like? It's very simple. We have all the information at luckywishbone.com. We have a very short nomination form on there, and it gives some of the the details of of what we're looking for, of the way that the kids could be inspirational and, and amazing and exceptional. All kids are amazing and exceptional and inspirational, but we're really looking for the kids that are rising to the occasion. And then the nomination form, like I said, is, is short. And then we've got a um, small review committee that is looking through all of the nominations and searching for the kids that we feel are the, uh, the ones that we will recognize this year. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Josh Jacobson about the Lucky Wishbone Community Kids Scholarship. So how many children will be selected by the end? We're thinking that there will be six kids because there are six U of A games. And so when's the first game that you will be bringing a child out to receive their award and celebration? It's coming right up. The first U of A game is September 11th. However, we we're still getting a lot of nominations and they should keep coming in through through the season. Well, before I uh, I let you go here, will you just reiterate where parents or those who want to nominate a child uh, should head? Absolutely. Very simple process. LuckyWishbone.com. Look for the Lucky Wishbone Community Kids banner on our website. Click on that. That will take you to the nomination form and send us those amazing, inspirational kids that that uh, you feel that should be recognized. Something I just have a little bit of curiosity, since this is the first year, is this kind of like the inaugural year, trying to see uh, if this is something that we can turn into something bigger? That's the plan. And with with the, the success we've had with 4-H and having people come into the stores, even sometimes decades later, talking about how how we bought their animal at the livestock auction and and how they were recognized in front of the the people at the auction and what kind of a positive experience that was for them in their life that's exactly what we're trying to do we're trying to make that experience even bigger and um really recognize these kids in tucson as being absolutely outstanding so if you know a wonderful kid 12 or under uh, luckywishbone.com will have that form for you to fill out and nominate them to be a Lucky Wishbone community kid. Well, Josh, is there anything else you would like to add before we uh, sign off? 
Uh, head over to luckywishbone.com. Send us those nominations. And thank you, Riley, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. For the next portion of today's program, I am sharing a recent conversation I had with Karen Cusifer from Women Warriors. Karen, you are the founder and executive director of Women Warriors, a local female veterans community. And I believe it's always best to start at the beginning. What is Women Warriors? And uh, can I hear some about the organization's history? Yeah, Women Warriors is a local nonprofit here in Pima County, which also has an uh, office out in Cochise County as well that serves our, our female veterans. We started this, uh, or I started this as a small pro- uh, project for Pima Community College back in 2016. I just did a small resource fair because I came across a female veteran who had two children who just moved into her own apartment and had nothing in there for her. I mean, she did have a couch, but she drug it in from from next to the trash can. So uh, me and a few other students from PCC rallied around and got a bunch of donations, and we were able to furnish her entire apartment and give her a Christmas at our event as well. So they had uh, gifts and a tree, and just the look of, on, on our female veterans' faces when they came to get the help that they needed, um, it kind of just opened my eyes as to there was a need. So the following year, I did another resource fair, and we were able to help 40 more female veterans. And in 2018, I decided that I could become a 501c3 and start getting some funding so I would be able to help them a little bit more as far as emergency assistance funds. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now, not only do we offer resources, clothing, hygiene, basic necessities, we also help with utilities, rent, car repairs, any type of bill, just depending on what the the veteran is in need of at that point in time, I do my very best to to assist them. We're not a place where they can do, or at this point in time, have a licensed social worker or, you know, anybody of that capacity or a psychologist or therapist. But what we do is I will find someone that we'll be able to help them. And then I give them that warm handoff Mm -hmm. as opposed to giving them all these resources and say, Hey, here you go. Uh, Now it's up to you. No, I don't do that because they would just definitely get lost in the Mm -hmm. shuffle. And they just, you know, this way I will personally find them someone that could help them. Mm -hmm. So part of what you do is making connections for Mm -hmm. female veterans to get what they need or the help they need. Correct. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it's it's really hard, you know, because you know you go to different other places and they and they hand you all of this these business cards and all this information and this paperwork, and they're like, okay, here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't do myself personally. I I would just take all that stuff and just and toss it and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going through all that. You know, <laughs> so, need a little guidance. So we, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, and introduce them and, and find that person that they that's right for them as well, because there's sometimes you, you may not they may not click, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's a matter of having my female veterans feel safe. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm speaking with Karen Cusifer from Women Warriors. 
So something I'm curious about, you became a 501c3 only a a couple of years ago. So you were still relatively new at the onset of the pandemic. Uh, How did that affect women warriors? Honestly, it really did it. It, Oh, good. I, I still, yeah, I still was able to collect monetary donations and was able to still assist our female veterans the best way that I can. Mm-hmm. The work didn't stop just because we had to take no. a little pause. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> work did not stop at all. I, I did the best that I could with what we, what, with what we were given. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can tell from your social media, I was I was checking out um, Facebook, and I see that you've been definitely keeping busy. So I'd like to kind of shift gears a bit to Wendy's collection, Boutique, new space. Before we kind of get into the, the move and expansion, what is Wendy's collection, Boutique? Ah, wow. So glad you asked. Early uh, 2018, when we did our resource fair uh, over at the Double Tree Hilton Hotel, the husband of Wendy Madrid, which is a Navy veteran, uh, he decided he wanted to donate her entire collection of clothing. She passed away in early March of 2018, and he donated it to us. And with that, we were able to provide a ton of clothes to uh, our female veterans during the event. Plus, we collected donations from the community as well. But it, his his donation was massive. It mm-hmm. was massive. She was just full of life, loved, loved to shop and had a ton of stuff. <laughs> so um, because of the generosity of the community, before I even got the smaller space, I was collecting donations for our female veterans. Uh, we were doing purses, shoes, clothes, uh, and then we would get furniture. And A Family Storage donated a 20 by 60 storage unit to us to, to house all this stuff. And it was just getting full. It was, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, I had to start turning things down. So I thought, why not open up a resale boutique? And this way, our program veterans can have a shopping experience at no cost to them. And then I can, you know, generate revenue to be able to continue to do what I do for our female veterans, which is run some programs and and build up our emergency relief fund. Mm-hmm. Just so I can, I'm clear, the female veterans who are part of your program are able to shop through Wendy's Collection Boutique, no charge, but you also have just people who aren't veterans. Like I could go in and browse through and make a purchase. Is that how this works? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our, our program veterans come in here and they get a store credit mm-hmm. and they then they can, you know, they can shop for whatever they want. I have furniture. If they move into a new, a new house, they can turn around and, you know, furnish the entire house through us mm-hmm. at no cost to them. But yes, the general public can come in here and purchase, and all proceeds go right back into assisting our, our women. Uh, so, do you accept yeah. uh, donations from the, the public, and uh, if so, what kind of donations? Do you or would you accept? Yes, we do. We accept uh, gently used, laundered women and children's clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, please laundered because mm-hmm. we don't have the facilities to do a washer and dryer. We also accept uh, gently used furniture uh, and housewares and home goods, sheets, blankets, uh, again, gently gently used and, and laundered. 
we do not accept electronics mm-hmm. or you know anything of that of, of that matter. Uh, just kind of focus a female veteran and her little family just moving into their own apartment uh, after transitional housing. What would they need? Mm-hmm. Those things uh, you need right when you move in and the space is empty and when you're like, I have no sheets. I don't have a bath rug. You know, those little little things yeah, that are those necessary. Little, those little things, yeah, that, that, you, that normally we take for granted. Um, but they're pretty expensive when it when you know you go to the Walmart and buy a, a bath set. Mm-hmm. And you need those. You know, it just yeah, it adds up, and that's something that they that they aren't able to purchase, but they can get here for free. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell me a bit about uh, the the new store? Uh, I understand that there's the grand opening Saturday, the seventh. Um, yeah, I just love to hear more about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. The original store was 600 square feet, and it was back in the back. And nobody, no matter what I did, could find us. And there was just, it was kind of frustrating. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I talked to the landlord. He had this beautiful 8,300 square foot storefront space just being used as a storage for couches. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me have it. I yeah. can make something of it. So, I mean, it's right off Speedway between Wilmot and Craycroft. You walk in through the front door. You cannot miss us. And it's just, it, it allowed me to empty out that 20 by 60 storage unit into this area. So that way, better visibility to our community. Mm-hmm. What are some of your, your goals and aspirations moving forward with this new space? Uh, um, wow. Uh, I haven't thought that far. Uh, <laughs> Just got to get <laughs> into the space. Year, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, my five-year plan back in 2018 was to get an office and, and you know, a store, a boutique. But two offices and a, now a boutique in three. So I need to, to, you <laughs> have to yeah, you gotta go. make up some <laughs> fresh goals. <laughs> Correct. Right, right. I've already achieved that. But that's, that's good. Reason. I had yeah. a schedule. <laughs> so. <laughs> but no, um, we're, we're probably, we're looking to expand. As a matter of fact, I'm looking to move out into the Graham and Greenlee County areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there's, there's nothing out there for them. And I'm from Graham County. So uh, I know, I do know that there are our female veterans out there in that area that could use our resources, and I could you know do a small boutique over there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just also told that they would love to have us out in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, go so where there's I'm, need. I'm, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, and you know we could always use wonderful people who have the same passion as my volunteers to volunteer mm-hmm. uh, and just, just help us help us help them. Mm-hmm. Where can someone interested find information on volunteering or get in contact with women warriors? Uh, they can go onto the website and, and fill out a contact form and someone will uh, contact them to to let them know or they can just come on in yeah i would rather have them come on in to wendy's collection boutique and talk to one of our staff members our associates 
and um, they can redirect him to where I'm at, and we can go from there. Well, before I let you go, something I saw that I found really interesting is uh, one way Women Warriors connects the, the female veterans as a community is croissants, coffee, and camaraderie. Can you tell me a bit more about this this group and its its purpose? So um, the croissants, coffee, and camaraderie, it's, uh, it's a monthly get-together for our female veterans here mm-hmm. on this, uh, in Pima County where they can just uh, talk with one another and enjoy uh, someone that's going to come in and speak to them about certain different issues that we have, you know, that they face. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, this month we have Sergeant uh, Kimberly Fry from the Tucson Police Department coming in to speak to our women about phone scams because I have quite a few female veterans who are getting scammed and they're, you know, they get nervous, they get scared, they don't know what, you know, what's going on. So uh, I thought, you know, why not have somebody come talk to them and and give them the the ins and outs of how to handle those and what they can do to prevent them. So it's kind of like a social club and a learning opportunity at the same time. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Once we get the, the other 600 square foot space that we just freed up, that will be a place for our female veterans to come and do. We can do other sorts of, of uh, get togethers for them. We're planning on maybe a yoga class, a Zumba class. Uh, we're planning on quilting, a book club, just something that, that's a place where they can come in, get together, and form that sisterhood that they when they were serving, they can do that out here. Well, Karen, I really appreciate you taking this time to uh, teach me about Women Warriors, what you do, and uh, learn a bit more about the expansion of the Wendy's Collection Boutique. boutique. I don't know why I'm struggling with that word. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap things up? Uh, You know what? No, just just I hope your listeners come on down, uh, you know, just come visit us and support our female veterans. If they have any donations, please uh, give us a call. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Riley, and if you are part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode, you can reach out to us by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information about the Lifestyle Tucson program or to listen back to something you may have missed, you can go to the Sunday mornings page at mixfm.com, klpx.com, kfma.com, or ESPN. Tucson.com.